Father, we have come. We are here. We are ready to receive. We are ready to be transformed. Let light break forth like never before. Let Jesus be glorified. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Glory to God. All right, let's go into God's word. I believe by now, Revelation chapter 11, verse 15 is stuck somewhere in your memory. I believe by now, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 is stuck somewhere in your memory by now. All right, in our conversation, diving into the life of David, our text is Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 8. Please, if you're joining us newly, it's a pleasure to welcome you to KICC where we prioritize, feast on, enjoy, and bring much results by the word. All right, you are going to be blessed. I will encourage you. All these resources are available for free. On multiple platforms, you can look for Kingdom Dynamics from part one. Listen, be blessed up until the conversation on the son of David. Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 8. Boy, are we going to be blessed this evening. It says, on that day, the Lord will defend the people of Jerusalem. It says of this prophetic existence that the weakest among them will be as mighty as permit me to insert the great king david it says and the royal descendants men women individuals that will receive by revelation a consciousness of life in the kingdom that they've not been invited to peasantry, but they have been invited to rule and to reign. It says they will be like God, like the angel of the Lord who goes before them. Glory to God. Hmm. Fighting the temptation to do a recap. What a time we've been having. We zoomed in, having broken down the kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the technology of the kingdom, the priority of the kingdom, and multiple conversations we've had. We began to zoom in on Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the king, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And we took our time to look at Abraham and lessons for the kingdom. We talked, okay, someone is saying, Pity, you can do it, you can do it. Yes, by his grace, I can. By his grace, I can. All right, but as we began to dive into the life of David, we began to unravel the mystery of Zion. In the course of this December teachings, permit me to remind you, every Wednesday of what we learned about Zion. We said that Zion is that prophetic church, not every church, but Zion is that prophetic church that is drenched, drenched, fully immersed to soaking level, not sprinkled, not occasional, that, <clears throat> that is drenched in the worship of the Lamb, our King reveling in the victory of redemption as a stronghold with the king of glory enthroned and magnified in the beauty of his holiness glory to god and we learned last week about worship we learned about warfare this evening we are going a bit deeper please stay with us please stay with us as we unravel the mystery of the oil when you begin to zoom into the life of David, you see a prophetic picture of a kingdom in which this person functions excellently as king, functions as prophet, documenting events yet to happen, speaking clearly of messianic happenings with clarity. And you see a priest. Hmm. But one of the lessons we can zoom in into the life of David and learn is an appreciation of the oil of God upon his life and what that oil will produce and the oil of God upon others 
and how to honor that oil even if others do not allow the oil to produce what it is meant to produce. I hope someone is listening with the ear of the Spirit this evening. What we are saying in essence, we are talking about the oil in two dimensions. It's, 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 it's as though you are saying someone who enrolls in a university for an undergraduate program is under normal circumstances meant to graduate with a degree, some form of degree. For an undergraduate program, usually a bachelor's degree. This is for illustration. All right, David is teaching us that in this kingdom, the oil of God has come upon us as kings, prophets, priests. That oil of the spirit has come upon us and there is something it produces. All right, stay with the university illustration that if I will permit that oil to do a thorough job in me, at some point in my journey, I will have that degree. And also, that's on one side of the coin. On the other side of the coin, that I will honor those who I know the oil has come upon. Meaning, I know that they also have been enrolled in the university. Now, whether or not they attend classes, hmm, boy, it's going to get clearer. Whether or not they pass or fail their courses, whether or not they remain in school or even drop out, for the fact that they were enrolled, I will honor them for the sake of that enrollment. Because the oil of God is precious, I have seen what it has produced in my life. I can see the potential it can produce in another. And even if they don't see it, I will yet honor it. All right. Somebody say glory to God. Hmm. Psalms chapter 89, Psalms chapter 89, Psalms chapter 89, I read from verse 20. This is the psalmist instructing us, an interesting psalmist, all right? If you're interested, you can scroll up and see who the author of Psalm 89 is and just Google his name in scripture and see where else he shows up. Psalms chapter 89 and verse 20, it says, I have found my servant David. I have found my servant. I have found my servant, David. It says, with my holy oil, I have anointed him. I have enrolled him. Hmm. It says, with whom my hand shall be established. He's now beginning to show you implications of the oil. Year one, year two, year three. It says, also my arm shall strengthen him. We are not really talking about David. We are learning from David, but really this is a conversation about you as a king in this kingdom. That you have been chosen, you have been enrolled, and the one who chose you, the one who enrolled you by responsibility has guaranteed that he will establish you. That his arm will strengthen you. It says in verse 22, the enemy shall not outwit him. Hmm. Because of the oil, remember my holy oil. It says, nor will the son of wickedness afflict him. There is something about the oil of God and the consciousness of this oil that makes you realize that you are unafflictable. You are on the enemy cannot have a moment of rejoicing over you. There is something about the oil and it is my prayer that as we zoom in on life in the kingdom, you will be able to, not just at head knowledge now, but by revelation of the spirit, agree that there is something upon your life that is really, truly special. It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say glory to God. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 23 says, I will beat down his foes before his face and plague those who Hate him. Let me read it from the Living Bible, if you permit. Let me read it from the Living Bible. It says, In a vision, you spoke to your prophet and said, I have chosen a splendid young man from the common people, from the common people, does that sound familiar? From the common people to be king. Not to become a refugee, I will hammer this and hammer this until it sinks in and until it becomes your, your, your experiential reality. It says, verse 20, he is my servant, David. 
I have anointed him with my holy oil. I will steady him. Glory to God. I will steady him. I will make him strong. His enemies shall not outwit him, nor shall the wicked overpower him. I have trained his fingers to war. By my God, I can run over a trip. By my God, I can leap over a wall. By my God, I can break the bow of bronze. I can do the impossible easily. Why? Because the oil of God is upon me. He says, I will beat down his adversaries. Sometimes I will participate with him and, and, and use his hands. Sometimes I will tell him to watch. And then a supernatural army begins to jog on top of the mulberry trees. Glory to God. He says, I will protect and bless him constantly. And surround him with my love. He will be great because of me. Wow. Wow. What a word. What a word. Hmm. So last week, we looked at worship and warfare. Today, we are talking about the oil, but we are still talking about two, two portions. The oil of God on your life. What it will produce. Lessons from the life of David. And how critical in this kingdom it is for us to honor those whom God has put his oil upon their life. Whether or not they are currently, previously enrolled or even dropped out. In this kingdom, we do not reckon any as dropouts. For if the oil was ever upon, the honor we accord is permanent. We'll see it from God's word. The first oil... The first oil, this is now zooming on the part, the first part, which is the oil of God on your life. Looking at what it produced on the life of David. We see first and foremost, God chose him and anointed him. Before sending Samuel to go do the physical version, God himself ordained and chose him first. Child of God, may I announce to you that if you would open your heart to receive the will of the Father, he has placed his jealousy upon you and he has poured his oil on you. Hmm. He says, I have chosen, I have found. Those are specific words. I, I have found means I searched and I chose you. Sometimes it might not make sense to you and it might not even make sense to those around you. But God is saying, I have chosen you for royalty. I don't know whose faith is able to receive this word this evening. The oil of God has located you for royalty to rule and to reign. Now, not everyone will get it. But I pray that you will. And that you will arise as you receive this word into your spirit. That I'm not here to beg. I'm not here to get by. I'm not here to, to live a flimsy life. I am here to rule and to reign. And rule and reign we shall. In the name of Jesus. If you're writing, I want you to note this. God's ordination on your life requires no references. Somebody needs to soak that in. Hmm. God's ordination on your God's HR policy as one personnel, God. And he says, I have chosen. <laughs> I don't know if you are getting this. For if God consulted references in his appointment of David, his servant, before pouring his holy oil upon him, hmm, why are the people that God should get reference from? Why are the people? Can we pick two? At least two people we expect from scriptures. If no other person knows David, these people should, they should know him. They should know him. The first oil is the oil of God that chooses you. It's not physical yet. It's not physical yet. But it's an ordination of grace that he has chosen you. And he didn't seek anyone's references. Even though God did not seek references, let's look at some references. Just to tell you that the fact that you are receiving those reviews from those around you, it doesn't disqualify the ordination of God upon your life. First Samuel chapter 16, I will read from verse 10. First Samuel chapter 16 from verse 10. It says, thus, Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel the prophet. And Samuel said unto, see, Samuel said unto JC, I am here for a particular purpose. I'm here on instruction. And JC brings number one, number two, number three, number four, 
Number five, I need you to pay attention. I know you know this story. Number six, number seven, and Jesse tells Samuel, we are done. It was Samuel that probed. Listen to what Samuel says in verse 10, the prophet. Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Hmm. What a God. He says he has not chosen this. You, you brought me seven. He didn't choose any of the seven. And Samuel said to Jesse, at, at the point where Samuel says, the Lord has not chosen this, I would have thought that was enough of a cue for Jesse to say, oh, there is yet one. Samuel continued, said to Jesse, are these all the young men here? He had to probe further. Then he said, oh, there remains yet um, the youngest. Somewhere there, there is, keeping the ship. So Samuel said to Jesus, send and bring him, for we will not sit till he comes here. When your own parents cannot do a good reference, boy, oh boy, thank God for the ordination of grace. Thank God for the, see, see as far as some are concerned, even you're coming to the earth, maybe it was a mistake. You were not planned, you were not expected, but there is one that planned for you. Glory to God, there is one that expected you and placed this oil upon you. Hmm. Let's look at, at another reference. First Samuel chapter 17 and verse 28. Another reference that God said, I am not reading no reference. I have chosen my son. I have chosen my daughter. I have chosen my children at KICC Canada. And I'm I know you have a lot of things to say about them. Nice things, not so nice things. Great things, not so great. He says, but I've chosen them and I've poured my oil upon them. Glory to God. And boy, watch what I will do. It says, my, 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 I will steady them. I will establish them. Glory to God. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 28. Now Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard when David was having a chat with the army guys at the camp. It says, Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, please pay attention to this reference. It says, what are you doing here? Why did you come here? Now, if Eliab had said, why did you come here? That would have been good enough. Listen to the next statement that Eliab said to David in the presence of the other soldiers. He says, I don't know what you've told them. I don't know the vision you sold to them. Before they start buying that you are these greats, anything, let them know that I know you. I don't just know you. I know you long enough to give an accurate opinion of you. And let me give them the accurate opinion of you. It says, just in case you told them, God is calling me to be this. I'm going to be a great this. I'm going to be a great that. I'm going to start this, this company. I'm going to lead this organization. We are going to feed this. We are going to plant X number of churches. We are going to raise this number of champions. I don't know what you've told them. But I know you well enough to reinterpret whatever seed you've sown in your heart. Listen to the next statement. And with whom have you left those few sheep? With whom have you left those few sheep? You're saying God has called me to be a voice to my generation. And you have five followers. And someone else who should know you and recommend you and say, keep going, keep going keep going, you know, grow organically. God will, God will increase your voice. It will take the same voice. Don't despise the day of little beginnings. <laughs> you are the five people that are liking your posts and they rubbish what is in your hand. The same sheep that David carried upon his head. The same sheep that God used as a testimony, as credibility track record with Saul. That lion came one day. The bear came one day. Eliab says, number one, your heart. He says, I know the pride and the insolence of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. Your heart, the same heart that God sees. Hey, thank God that man is not God. My brother, <laughs> my sister, thank God that man is not God. <clears throat> Some of you will be shocked. The recommendations that have gone and the, the, the scripture enjoins us sometimes you don't just laugh at these things you tear them down it says no weapon formed against you will prosper and every tongue that arises against you you will condemn there comes a place where the spirit of God will raise you and say every voice every voice speaking against I pull it down I nullify its effects 
that is where you see a board of, 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 of recruiters saying, well, we don't know what kind of references you gave us. They didn't really have great things to say about you. Nonetheless, we have decided. Nonetheless, we have decided. And I hold my hands with you now, wherever your name is supposed to be mentioned for good, <laughs> that you've secretly danced because you think you have someone there that will speak in your favor. However, they have yielded themselves to be tools, to be tools of, of, of poisoning your chances. We stand by the authority in the name of Jesus and we unsay, we pull down, we tear down the implication of those words in the name of Jesus. And we decree that God will raise the voice of strangers that will speak in your favor in the mighty name of Jesus glory to God God's ordination upon my life needs no references if you have great things to say about me glory to God if you can't see what he sees if you don't know what he knows it's, it's planted greatness within me I'm sorry I don't look great, <laughs> great let alone great now. He said great things concerning us. I'm sorry we don't look great yet, but give us time, boy, as we continue to work with the Spirit, as we continue to labor in His Word, as we stay in the place of fastings, as we continue to soak in and feast on His Word, as we journey with His Spirit. You come watch. There's a king in me. Glory to God. No spite me and say it's few sheep. Few sheep. God called you to ministry. I am preaching to two people. And you know the visions you've seen. You've seen crusades. You've seen hundreds of thousands. And someone is saying, go pack that thing up. Go fold it up. Don't, don't, don't waste your time. Go, go find the life. I say, this is the life I found. I will stay with him. I've started small. I will not stay small. In the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. So the oil of God is upon your life. Having been chosen and ordained, many times God will send a vessel. He will send a Samuel to say, now I am confirming it by pouring oil upon. The second oil is the oil that equips you for process. Somebody say process. Somebody say process. You know, it's very easy to tell when someone has been through process. When someone has been through adversity, when someone has lived in the cave of Adulam, even though they know the anointing that they carry is the anointing to rule, it is easy to tell that this is a well-formed, well-steadied, well-established, well... Hmm. And it's also easy to tell when someone drops like an Adam as an adult, boom. When someone drops as king without the cave of Adulam, like a solo. He says in verse 21, Psalms 89 from the TLB, he says, I will steady him and make him strong, meaning that I will equip him for the process. Even though the oil has come upon, the next thing that happens is not a stroll to the throne. It is a journey to the wilderness. And he's going to need this oil to steady, to make him strong there. He's going to be attacked. I will give him the grace to overpower he says, the enemies will not outwit him. I will beat down his adversaries. I wrote down here in my notes, when you find someone who skipped or prematurely aborted process, you will see three things. And we see these three things in the life of King Saul. Number one, absolutely no empathy. No empathy. Number two, they have this heavy sense of entitlement. No process. You've never lived in the cave of Adilam. And number three, they become abusers of power. Abusers of power. Abusers of power. This second oil will not stroll you to the palace. You'll go back to the wilderness in hiding. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose, went to Ramah. <laughs> and David arose and went back to the wilderness. <laughs> Number one is the oil that strengthens you 
for your time in the wilderness. It won't announce you immediately and please do not announce yourself immediately. Don't go posting on Instagram and say, but do you know what happened? Do you know who came over yesterday? Hmm. All of them were standing. Even my dad, that was not, God has shamed my mockers. Hmm. I did not think I was anything. Even my brothers, all seven of them, God, my God made them to stand. Now, Samuel, he says, I have, see, posting. Posting with Samuel. Hmm. You don't understand? Do you know who the great Samuel is? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You go back to hiding. You keep, you, you keep the picture with Samuel. You keep it in your, in your folder. So that the days when you're wondering, did oil ever touch my head? The days of adversity. When you say, God, did you, did you call me? This, this ministry thing, is it my idea? This, this, this business, was it me being creative or was it you? Those are, the, those, those are the days that the picture with Samuel is for. It's not for posting on Facebook and on Instagram that Samuel, Samuel touched me. The oil steadies you in the wilderness. The oil begins to attract royal opportunity. First Samuel 16, verse 18. One of the servants answered and said, Look, there is a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite. Skillful. We'll talk about skill next week by God's grace. Skillful in playing. A mighty man of valor. A man of war. Prudent in speech. A handsome person. It says the Lord is with him. This oil will attract not the big not the big break. Hmm. Not the big break. You might see yourself in crusades. This oil will attract small groups. Small groups. And you will demonstrate faithfulness there. David knew with the oil of God upon him, carried his harp, carried his donkey, carried everything, went to the palace, received the, he didn't say, one day, I have a dream. Now one day, oh king, I'm the one going to sit. He says, what am I here to do? You need someone skillful? I'll do that. You need someone who can drive? I'll do that. You need someone who can park the cars with all the anointing, with the word of knowledge and the prophetic grace on your life. You need somebody who can serve tea. I will do that. That's someone who understands process. Not that you're walking with prophetic, <laughs> prophetic swagger. I say, what's going on here? What are they? <laughs> what are they? Do they know I have come? You sit at the back and write a note. Tell the pastor that prophet is here. <laughs> glory to God number three things I know there are many number two but please this is why it's good to write when we come to study God's word it empowers you with the grace for giant slaying this same oil for process it says it will outwit your enemies David knew that Goliath was nothing verse 46 first Samuel 17 verse 46 first Samuel 17 it says this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Not tomorrow, not next week. There is a grace that comes upon your life. I, I, I'm not asking you to go look for giants there. You literally have giants before you. What are giants? Giants are the insurmountable, unthinkable hmm, players in your industry that make you just want to, you know, just, just close shop and go home. Say, no need. No need. But in that same field, God is raising you. He has given you his word. He's not saying go pull them down. He's saying I am raising you. Some of them are direct, direct, <laughs> direct weapons from hell. Those ones, something on your inside will rouse and say no. Except God didn't call me. Except I don't have his oil. Not that I will now cower. And say God, um, I know you called, but call. Miss call. <laughs> you, you know, some of us are even nice. You say God, not even miss call. Call forwarding. I know a better choice for you. It says, boy, but I have chosen my servant and I poured my holy oil upon him. Somebody say glory to God. So this oil leads you and strengthens you to survive the wilderness phase. It begins to attract royal opportunities. Not a big break, but it begins to bring small bricks that God will see your heart. You are faithful with the small bricks. You are doing it with, with judicious, judicious, pardon my French, judicious diligence. Like Stephen, the anointing upon your life is in, it says full of the spirit and the only thing they said you should come and do is to serve tables. You won't say, boy, me, me, 
<laughs> they, do, they, don't, they don't recognize grace in this church. They don't, they don't recognize grace. They don't. They don't recognize grace. <laughs> Empowers you with the grace for giant slain. I want you to pay attention to the number fourth thing that this, this oil does. Once the oil, God has sent his servant to confirm the invisible oil with visible oil. It makes you unkillable. It makes you literally unkillable. If you study the role of the oil, if you look at the life of Aaron, and you look at all the misbehaviors that Israel did in rebellion, even with Aaron a party to it, somehow Aaron was unkillable. When Aaron and Miriam came together and started pointing fingers at Moses, somehow there was a judgment that rested upon because of oil skipped Aaron went to Miriam and you would think it was only Miriam's rebellion. There is something about the oil. I don't know who needs to settle this. Do not allow fear to implant in your heart. By the authority of God's spirit, you are unkillable. You are undiable. Hmm. I'm telling you, if you can have this revelation by the spirit, there is a kind of confidence you have. My time is not done yet. There are mountains to conquer tomorrow. There are giants to slay tomorrow. There's a throne for me to sit on and to rule and reign from. Not today, Satan. Not today, sickness. Not today, disease. Psalms 18, verse 4 and verse 5. It says, the pangs of death surrounded me. The floods of ungodliness, they made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. If you, if you sit down with Psalms 18, you will see the story of a man who saw death face to face. He just knew there's something on my life. I, I didn't die today. Not today. I didn't die today. There's, there's life bursting forth in me. There's oil that has been poured upon my life. There is a destiny that I carry. That throne, I am going. Maybe today I'm running. <laughs> Boy, but this is for a while. I am unkillable. I know it's bad English. I, am un- I, I, I didn't find any other way. I am undiable. Those are very bad Englishes. Pardon me. But, but that's, that's really what it is. Somebody said glory to God. And then the fifth thing that the oil upon, the physical oil upon, does, it, it makes you become a transformer. It makes you, it's getting out in here. It makes you become a transformer. First Samuel chapter 22 and verse 1. It says, David therefore departed there, escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard, they went down there to him. So there was family. Great. It says, and everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontented gathered to him. He became captain over them. There were about 400 men with him. 400 men with him. Father, I saw the visions you gave me. I'm preaching to kings and to nobles. Wow, these people coming around. And God says, the grace to make them kings and nobles is the grace that you carry. Rate them. Rate them. Rate them. Many of us have heard the great testimony about the conversation of one of the biggest, greatest evangelists the world ever knew. The crusade had been planned for a number of days, by human standards, every failure. But there was a soul that met Jesus that day that would later lead millions to Christ. Hear me, child of God? This oil is pulling people to you. They might not look like what you've seen in your visions, but the grace of God upon your life. And this is how you gain lifelong loyalty. If you have to announce, I am your king, be loyal to me, It means you've not invested in people. David stayed with them in the caves. It says they were in depth. They were discontented people. Vagrants. Miscreants. But he said there's oil here. Glory to God. It says come, come, come. Give the time. Give, Give the spirits time. There's something called transformation. These same men would later become mighty men. Mighty men that will do exploits. Mighty men that will do exploits. Someone is seeing light from this now. Say, I've misjudged this relationship. I've misjudged this season of my life. This is a time where the oil of God is working on me. Somebody say, glory to God. Mm. So the first oil is the oil of the Spirit upon. Invisible. 
God has ordained you, he has called you, and then he sends his servant to pour the oil on you. The third oil is when you now begin to taste the throne. David now was anointed king in Judah, not over all Israel. Remember, the calling was that he will shepherd my people, my people Israel. But somehow, it was first Judah. Someone is saying this process thing. Is it not taking too long, God? I've learned the lessons. If you are saying I've learned the lessons, it is proof that you have not learned the lessons. Second Samuel chapter 2 and verse 4. Then the men of Judah came and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. And they told David, saying, The men of Jabesh Gilead were the ones who buried Saul. There are key lessons here with this third oil. There are very, very key lessons here. Number one, David did not announce himself. Saul is dead. I didn't kill him. Jonathan is dead. I think obviously couldn't have killed him. But now the Lord said, as you know that I am the king, so therefore make me king. No. It says they came to him. They came to him. You know, one of the easiest ways to spot a lack of oil is self-announcement. Self-promotion. It's a very easy way to spot. Somebody is seeing this now and seeing secrets. It's a very easy way to spot lack of oil. Self-promotion. Self-announcement. For seven good years... David had the, 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 the military capacity and the military experience. The Bible tells us that Israel made one of Saul's other cho- children, Ish-bosheth, to be king in Israel, who knew nothing about kingship. But all of his confidence was on his father's chief of army staff, Abner. David could have organized a nice coup. And say that it's, I'm, I'm, I will stay in this Judah for a while, but really what God told me is all Israel. David, for seven good years, lived at peace with his Bosheth and his kingdom. It says there were times, don't, don't, don't get me wrong, there were times when the house of Saul struggled with the house of David. And the Bible tells us that the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker and weaker. The house of David grew stronger and stronger and stronger. But David never went to fight for that throne for himself. He said, the oil of God that ordained royalty for me will bring it to me. I know my role and I know his role. The third oil is where you begin to experience a portion of the glory, but not the fullness of it. And you're able to stay faithful in Zion, rejoicing. And then the fourth oil is where all Israel, is when you enter into the fullness of it. And I don't know who under the sound of my voice is sensing that that season has come. That season has come. That time of manifestation has come. And I speak, yes, yes, yes. I know there is something called incubation. All right. But even in medicine, after nine months, it becomes a bother. It becomes a bother. The doctors are moving and pacing and they are fixing appointments. The midwives are saying, and I come here under the anointing of the prophetic that for as many who season has come and the enemy is prolonging a wilderness experience with decree by prophecy that it comes to an end and there is a birthing of a new era in the mighty name of Jesus glory to God it says in 2nd Samuel chapter 5 verse 3 all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord and they anointed David king over Israel. He never proclaimed himself. Never pushed for it. Never pushed for it. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm hoping sometime we will delve in the new year. Just look at this this man called Saul and learn all the lessons of how you should not behave in the kingdom. He had a very humble, so-called humble beginning looking for his father's donkey, a responsible, tall, lanky, reliable, dependable young man who was guided by one of his father's servants to meet with the seer and God had spoken to Samuel in advance. Saul prophesied. He experienced the supernatural. He, he, he had a shot at, 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 at doing something transgenerational, but he blew all of it. 
there was no process. There was no process. Do you know there was once upon a time that Saul made a rule and said nobody is eating. Nobody must touch anything. Nobody. And they were at war. They were at war. And his own son, Jonathan, had gone there and God had given him a victorious victory. <laughs> Pardon my, my French this evening. A victorious victory. And Jonathan just went and was just, you know, ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. And, and, and saw the report. He said, somebody yet. Who is it? Da, 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 da. It's Jonathan. Do you know what Saul said? <laughs> no process. No leadership qualities. No training. He said, bring him here, we'll kill him. In his own mind, that was a display of strength. How weak thou art, if thou lackest empathy. Selah. What kind of leader is that? <laughs> what kind of leader? In his own mind, that's me being strong. I said it and I did it. Eh? That's strength? Sir, that's weakness. That's weakness. That's irresponsibility. That's lack of tact. That's, 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 that's strategic confusion. The day of battle, you see the Shunoit? Heavily entitled. The prophet is having a conversation with him and saying, saw what you've done. What Samuel was not saying, but, but God is merciful. Will you ask for mercy? Samuel couldn't say that. He was just hoping that Saul will get it. I'm interceding for you, Saul. Saul said, Samuel, leave these things. Just come with me. Come with me. Let's go for service. Holy Spirit, show up again. All this, you are working in me. You are working in me. Leave working in me alone. Come and move. Come for service. No empathy, heavily entitled, and abusers of power. Abusers of power. Is it, is it today or next week that we'll begin to see the mobilization, I think it is today, the mobilization that Saul used against one man, David. 3,000 soldiers. The entire resources of the state. I know there are some of you that feel like that. There are people that you once served and honored and loved, and you have just become the obsession. I am wondering, you mean the whole Sunday service will be about me? The whole Bible study will be about me? Won't you even teach the word for a second? Or teach a little Bible? Maybe you will stumble on the path that will make you to continue to talk about Jesus. David did not get it. David did not get it. 3,000 choice men after one man. Nah. Nah. Abuse of power. One time David, David went to the house of the Lord, famished and said, we need bread. We need weapons. He said, this bread is bread of the presence. David said, I know the presence. Bring it. There's no weapon yet. Only the sword of Goliath. The one, bring it. The Bible tells us there was someone there, Doeg the Edomite. He saw it and he told Saul. You know what Saul did? This, this, this really is the making of a monster. The making of a monster. And I pray for you under the sound of my voice. As you, as you have started with the Spirit, may you stay with the Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, this monstrous fleshy desire to go outside of the curriculum of the Spirit for your destiny, I pray that you will not fall into that trap. In the name of Jesus, but the grace that allows you to enjoy Adilam, and I use enjoy in parentheses because it's not really enjoyment, but it's a waiting period. It's a molding period. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. In this kingdom, not only do we allow the oil of God to do all of these things on our own lives, but whoever we see that the oil is upon or that the oil once upon a time was upon. In this kingdom, it is demanded that we continue the, to honor that oil as though it is still there, even when evidence suggests otherwise. Selah. Selah. First Samuel chapter 24, David honored the anointed. He honored the anointing upon his life. And he anointed, he honored the Lord's anointed, even when the Lord's anointed was behaving like a charlatan. David said, that is between you and God. 
as far as I'm concerned, oil was poured upon me, oil was poured upon you. I will never for one day, I will never for one day dishonor you. For the sake, it breaks, I'm saying this thing with a bleeding heart. It breaks my heart to see so-called men, women of God doing YouTube videos. Man, and when this dishonor comes, you, you start seeing a removal of, of, instead of saying King Saul, you hear things like Saul. You, you see people at cutting YouTube videos, doing, <laughs> giving hot takes on the Lord's anointed. Let's even say the Lord's anointed is wrong. What happens to honor? What happens to honor? Child of God, what happens to honor? And I'm saying this to you and to myself because God is raising a new bridge with us. We do not dishonor in this kingdom even when we have the obvious, obvious reasons to. We do not, we never dishonor. There is a teaching we have from, I'm not sure what year, 2019 or 2018, meaning you won't find it on, on YouTube. Our YouTube page is young. Call it God's honor rule. Everyone that God has placed his honor upon, even when they are behaving dishonorably, we must show honor to them. First Samuel chapter 24, verse 2. It says, Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of all Israel and went to seek David. And I, I am not understanding. First Samuel 26, verse 2. Then Saul arose, went down to the wilderness of Ziph, having 3,000 chosen men of Israel with him to seek David? I don't get it. Saul, what happened to the call upon your life? What happened to the people that you have to lead? Mans was so distracted, they had to send him WhatsApp message that the enemies, then he will now run, go and come back. Hey, hey. But what was David's response to all of this? 1 Samuel 24, verse 5. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. He didn't touch Saul. He had the opportunity to kill him. Those around David said, this is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Those ones were saying, our elder skelter has come to an end. Today, that throne, that throne, that throne is ours. Is, is David's servants were already seen royalty. Some had already pictured purple cloth. <laughs> Some had already pictured how they will ravage the, the, the palace and make a mess of everything called Saul. David said, no, this is the Lord's anointed. And they're looking at him and saying, say what? The, the Lord's what? We know that you are the Lord's anointed and that the spirit of God has left Saul. David, in case you don't know, we know David said he is the Lord's anointed. David, he cut a piece of his cloth and he says that to show you the state of this man's heart, it, 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 it broke his heart that he even did that. Do you know what it means? It means that somebody who obviously has been unkind, has been deliberately mischievous and has taken your reputation, dragged it in the mud, told, told all sorts of lies about you. They've done it and they are doing it openly and you are aware and you choose to bless them and to pray for them and to honor them and to do the honorable thing that kings do in this kingdom, you've done all of that. You just see a post about them. David did not create the post. David did not say anything about Saul. But he just liked it. And he just broke his heart. I shouldn't be liking that. Eh? So he says, somebody you should, you, should, <laughs> you, you, you should grenade from the surface of the earth. David said, no. I've done wrong, Father. Have mercy on me. I shouldn't even be doing that. I shouldn't be doing that. I should not be secretly desiring their downfall. If that throne is mine, in his time, he will make it beautiful. I won't shed their blood. Someone is listening, okay, PD, nice, nice. We are not killing anybody. We are. <laughs> we are killing many bodies. This night has been a poor, <laughs> poor grammatical night. But boy, is there such power of the Spirit speaking and instructing someone that the new sword, the new gun is with your lips. What are you saying about them? Yes, they said evil about you. Yes, it was a blatant lie and confabulation. Yes, are you talking evil about them in response? Or even if you are not killing them back, are you liking 
They are, are you secretly desiring their downfall? It says in verse 6 of 1 Samuel 24, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed. Hey, if you call him your master, it's fine. This is definitely not the Lord's anointed. David said it doesn't work that way in this kingdom. The fact that he dropped out <laughs> doesn't mean he was never enrolled. And once you have been enrolled, oil is upon you. He says, I won't do it. 1 Samuel 26, verse 23. The second time David had an opportunity to snuff Saul out, his guy said, David, we know you won't do this dirty job. Let's do it for you. David said, I won't do it. You won't do it. What did he do? He carried water bottle. <laughs> he took his water bottle, took his wallet, took his purse, his Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton purse, and his, what's the make of his water bottle? Insert. And he said, King Saul, what happened to you and your men? <laughs> what kind of sleep are you guys sleeping? Abner, have you not been charged to protect our Lord, the King, the Lord's anointed? He said, today, again, the Lord cooled and indeed has <laughs> put your life in my hands, but I did not. The first time Saul heard that David could have killed him, he didn't get it. Something tweaked on his inside, but I love that scripture that says, Saul returned from chasing after David, and David went back to the wilderness. <laughs> David didn't say it is over because he knew it wasn't over. Hmm. Wow. So much depth everywhere. So, so, so many lessons. And I pray that your heart is being open to receive this for you and for me in this season. That what God is doing with us, he doesn't need us to slaughter people with our words to create lies and to do response. My response, my allegation, I know there is that pressure for vindication. There is that pressure. Will they even hear my side of the story? They don't need to hear. I don't, I don't know who needs to write it down. They don't need to hear your side of the story. Very soon, they will see you seated on your throne. Somebody needs to note that and take it as a word from heaven to them. They, nobody needs to hear your side of the story. Very soon. They will see you seated on your throne. Somebody say, glory to God. So it was Peter, as we begin to round up this evening, who was admonishing us in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. We're tying it up now this evening. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 in the New Living Translation. It says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Hmm. It says, instead, pay them back with a blessing. Have you heard? Oh, I've heard. They are blessed in Jesus' name. You won't see anything. Hmm. That means you are guilty. <laughs> that is what God has called you to do and he will grant you his blessing. It will ensure that the, you, you will enter into your royalty with dignity. It says for the scripture, say if you want to, listen now, this is where the practicality of royalness comes in. If you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Someone is saying, PD, this is hard work. Yes. I trust me, I know, I know it is hard work, but there's grace available for us. There's, there's oil for this purpose upon our heads. We will never talk back. And in the moments where you've said things carelessly that you shouldn't have said, the Lord's mercy rests upon us in the mighty name of Jesus. Hmm. Let me read it from the Passion Translation. It says, never retaliate when someone treats you wrongly. Nor insult those who insult you, but instead respond by speaking a blessing over them. Because a blessing is what God promised to give you. For the scriptures tell us, this is where I'm really going. Whoever wants to embrace true life and find beauty in each day. That's the key word. Beauty in each day must stop speaking evil. Hurtful words, boy. Hurtful, painful words. You know, I, 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 you, you can say anything about me. You can, you can, you can say anything about me. I, God has really helped me. 
But the Lord had to teach me at some point that my weakness was my, my love and my affection for my wife. If you say a million things, I will not be moved. But if you just said anything about her, it will touch me. It will get to me. And God said, there's work to do here. This is no longer jealousy. This is weakness. And I got it. And I got it. So now, if you say anything about me, the Lord bless. if you say anything about her, the Lord bless you also. It says that you must turn away from what is wrong. Cultivate what is good. Eagerly pursue peace in every relationship. Make it your prize. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, say with me, I've been chosen and I've been ordained for greatness. Come on, say it like you mean it. I have been chosen and I've been ordained for greatness. I will come out of Adulam and I will sit on my throne. I will reign by the Spirit in my sphere, in my domain. In the name of Jesus, I will not die in the wilderness and I will not cut short my journey. Every place of destiny, come on, yes, every place of destiny that the Lord has appointed for me, I will get there. I will get there. I will reign and I will rule. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Mm. If you will allow the oil to do what it will do upon your life in this kingdom, let me show you. We are back to Psalms 89, verse 24 to 29, as we bring this evening to a close. It says, but my faithfulness, if you will endure all of these things, and you will not go after the throne with your own arm and with your own sword, it says, my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with you. And in my name, your own shall be exalted. Come on, I'm speaking by prophecy to someone. The Lord says, I will set your hand over the sea. Hmm. And your right hand over the rivers. I don't know if someone is seeing this. Yes, they might have smited you. <laughs> is it a few sheep? But now God is promising you seas. It's prophetic of a crowd of multitudes that you will raise and rule and reign. It says that your right hand over the rivers. He says, he shall cry to me, you are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. And I will make him, if you have a good Bible, mine is in italics. I will make him firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. That will be your testimony. In the name of Jesus, he says, my mercy I will keep with him forever. My covenant shall stand firm with him. His seed also will I make to endure forever and his throne as the days of heaven. Come on, wherever you are, just raise your voice and say, thank you, Father. Thank you for sending me this timely word. Someone was just about to, to, to drop out from the university of incubation. Thank you for sending me a timely word. Someone was about to, to draft a well, a nicely worded retort, a, 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 a rejoin, a nice response to those false allegations. And now the grace of God empowers you to delete. He's saying, that throne, that destiny, that glorious destiny, I will walk into it. Father, we give you the praise for your word. Only your word can change us. Only your light can illuminate and show us these blind spots. We are forever changed. Thank you for an invitation to reign and to rule. It says, I picked him from the common men and I made him king. We give you the glory for the oil of the spirit upon our lives. We give you the praise can't bring a service like this to a close without praying with someone you've not met jesus yet you are still living life in the commonplace living life in the mud responding that it's it's it this is not just being strong-willed this is not just being disciplined it takes grace to live life at this level i said i don't get it yes when you receive his life you become a part of this kingdom i want to pray with you Jesus is knocking after the door of your heart. Jesus is knocking. He's knocking. Will you open? Will your answer be yes? I want to pray with you. Please say with me, Lord Jesus. I believe you are the Son of God. Thank you for taking away my sins. Thank you for dying for me. Taking my place in that grave. I believe you are alive today. I ask that you live in me and that you live through me. Thank you for writing and engraving my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Give you all the glory.
For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Please let me take a moment and pray with you. Father, thank you for your sons and your daughters at the altar this evening. Reckoning that by ourselves we are nothing, by our works we will get nowhere. But saying thank you for the salvation that we have received by grace. I ask, Father, for a multiplication of that grace and a supply of your spirit. These ones will grow to be mighty giants in your kingdom. They will grow to love you. In the name of Jesus, we break every association with death, shame, darkness. As you have translated them, this is where they are established. To the glory of your name. Thank you, gracious Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Come on, if you can, wherever you are, jam those ends together. Give the Lord a big shout. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.